When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Bipolar DM Podcast. I'm your host, Jason. I want to thank you for tuning in. This podcast is about Dungeons and Dragons, indie writing, and living with mental illness, particularly bipolar and borderline disorders. I post these podcasts on the 1st and 15th of the month, or at least I try to. I have had some problems in that area, but I'm working through that. I am still working towards having a half-hour podcast, but at the moment, getting them posted on time is more important to me. I know that as I learn more about podcasting and find my voice, the episodes will get longer. In news and noteworthy, this past week, my youngest son Max turned 8 and my oldest daughter Lexi turned 16. Happy birthday to both of you. If you're doing any math, you can figure out that I have three birthdays in May, so like Christmas, it tends to be an expensive month. Also new, Star Wars. Solo came out this month. This prequel tells the tale of Han Solo and Chewbacca in their early years before joining the rebellion against the evil empire. Of course, the special effects and CG were phenomenal, as well as the action scenes. This movie I took all my kids to see, and I'm not going to give any spoiler words on this at this time, but it was a fantastic movie to go watch. Mordekind's Tomb of Foes came out this month as well. This latest release from Wizards of the Coast has much been anticipated for months. Leading up to the release has uh, been told about by Dragon Talk, the official D&D podcast, as well as many bloggers, podcasters, and bloggers everywhere. This latest tome contains the stats on monsters and villains, as well as demons and other entities. I had went ahead and reserved a copy from my local comic book store. I had not originally planned to purchase or buying a copy right out the gate, but the hype and a smidgen of bipolar mania led me to buy this book. One thing that led up to the release of this tome that really stuck out to me was Mordekainen's Mayhem, a battle royale where players picked monsters from the Tomb of Foes and did battle for who was the supreme monster in the arena. It sparked the idea in me of hosting a similar event for the release of the latest work from Wizards of the Coast. As of this recording, I have not yet set a date or time for this event. I am proposing it online at the uh, local comic book Facebook page to see if there is any interest in playing in such an event. In DMing your game, I'm going to talk about dealing with problem players. If it hasn't happened to you yet, it will. For those of us who have been DMing for a while, we have stories about them. The problem player. They come in all types, from the min-max players who can overpower even the simplest of characters with questionable dice rolls for their stat blocks. There is the dominating player who hogs the spotlight and not let anyone else play. And there's also uh, the player who just causes problems at the table. Now there are of course way more problem players than just these examples. I've had my fair share of them. I even have been a problem player not realizing it myself at the time. 
but I am here to tell you that there are tips and strategies to get these players back in line and promote a healthy gaming table. I found that most problems don't realize most players don't realize that their actions or acting out is causing a rift at the table. Sometimes they know their actions are causing problems and they either don't care or worse are actively trying to break the game. There are people out there who's go, some who for some reason has the goal or for whatever personal reason is to break the game. So how do you handle problem players? I found that an ounce of prevention is worth is worth a pound of cure. Part of that prevention is establishing table rules before the game begins. Ideally, establishing the rules before the start of a campaign is even better. But if you haven't established any rules, it is not too late to do, to do so now. When players come to the table and accept the rules of the table, they agree to abide by them, and if they don't, then you have a, a basis to discuss with the, that player about violating the table rules. This leads to the first thing that you can do to first avoid problem players, and that is clear and open communication of what you expect at your table. That way, everyone knows what they are getting into and what is expected of you. Rules for the table do not have to be extensive. Just a few basic rules about fair play, respecting others, and table behavior are needed. For an example, here are my table rules that I hand out to every player when they join my table. Be respectful of other players and their belongings. Avoid distractions. Turn off cell phones or silence them. Use your cell phone as little as possible unless it's related to gameplay. Table talk. Make it clear who's speaking, the character or the player. Avoid metagaming, sharing of information that your PCs would normally not have. For dice rolling, roll in full view of everyone. When a dice falls on the floor, it does not count. If the dice is cocked, it's to be re-rolled. Rules can be discussed at the table, but the DM has final say on all rulings. For missing games, if you need to miss a game, the DM will run your character. Characters run by the DM will, for the most part, stay out of combat and interacting with the PCs and NPCs. New players, or new PCs, will start at the same level as the party. When a character dies, players are encouraged to have a backup character ready in case that character dies during the campaign. Death comes to us all, even PCs. Roll with it, and don't take it personally. These rules don't cover every scenario. But for the most part, they have been very helpful during gameplay. I've only had one problem player since implementing these rules, but that player also had a lot of problems at the comic book store that we played at and was eventually booted from the store by, and by default my game. He was getting to the point in the game that he was distracting from the gameplay and other players, and I was prepared to have a sit-down with him outside the game to discuss his behavior, but he was banned from the store before that happened, which took care of the problem without me having to have a difficult conversation. If you're having a problem player, take them aside and talk with them before or after the game. Oftentimes, they may not even realize that their behavior is a problem until it's pointed out to them. This talk doesn't have to be confrontational or harsh. Just have an open discussion of their behavior and the rules that they agreed to abide by. If their behavior does not change after talking with them, then expulsion from the group may be necessary. Up till now, I have not had to kick anyone out of the group. There have been a few times that I had to talk to a player or two about their style of gameplay and how it's interfering with the flow of the game and other players' enjoyments of the game. Each time they took the talk very well, did not know they were causing a problem, and they corrected the behavior. Avoid punishing players in the game if you can. It does, that does not mean that they don't 
reap the rewards of bad decision making. In fact, killing a character off because they seriously made a bad decision is a valuable lesson to a player. Remember, if you're having problems with the player, communication will resolve the conflict 9 times out of 10. But if it is that 10th time and it comes about, and a talk does not work, then consider sanctions against the player or ejecting them from the game altogether if the problem is serious enough. In my bipolar life, I'm going to touch briefly on relationships and mental illness. One of the greatest casualties due to my mental illness is my relationships. My wife left me, my oldest daughter hasn't spoken a word to me in three years, and I've lost friends along the way. This is the price we pay for an illness. Trying to date now at this stage of my life and trying to rebuild my life has had its own challenges by itself. Now throw mental illness in the mix and I have a crap load of baggage that I don't want to bring into a relationship. How can I ask another woman to get into a relationship with me when I have issues that will never go away and I can't promise we'll ever get better? Things like my mood swings, my depression, how I isolate myself. Some of it is behavior that I can try and learn to keep in check, but most of it is things that are out of my control. For me, the past does not remain in the past. Every day I relive my losses, my mistakes. I am reminded in my empty home what I have lost and will probably never get back. All I can do is survive and carry on. So, am I doomed to be alone for the rest of my life? Is there a chance for me to have a normal relationship? Can I avoid the mistakes that I have made in the past? I wish I had the answers, but what I have gleaned from my bipolar life is that you can't keep everything to yourself. That doesn't mean you dump everything on your first date. Like any relationship, communication and trust are two clear things that are essential to having a fighting chance at a relationship. Of course, you can't simply distill everything that there is to learn about relationships into these two topics. And I'm not even going to try and cover everything. Instead, I'm just going to look at the two things that I found that I am lacking. Being able to talk about your mental illness is freeing and helps you to share the burden that you carry. How much you share depends on your level of trust with that person. Trust and communication often go hand in hand when it comes to matters of the heart. Without trust, there is no intimacy and relationships stay on the surface level. For some of us, this is as far as we want or can get with a relationship. I know in my own heart and in my own life, I don't, I don't have it in me to fall in love again with anyone else anytime soon. And I'm very open about that at the beginning of a relationship, especially when I've been banished to the friend zone. You really need to know yourself before you can invite another person into your life. When you do so, you're better able to reveal to that person that you are who you are in the real you. That is where intimacy begins. In the writer's corner, I'm going to talk about my novel, Poog the Destroyer. This novel is a whimsical tale about the, a chaotic evil goblin who encounters the god of law and justice after, being on a poison, after binging on poisonous toads. This by far is not a kid's tale. It deals with addiction, facing great evil, and what it takes to change from an evil to lawful good paladin. 
Poog was a Dungeons and Dragons character that I played in a homebrew game. But he got his start during National Novel Writing Month last November. I wrote a 50,000 word backstory for him in 30 days. I finished this novel with just two hours of spare before midnight on November 30th. I know uh, I now am in the middle of revisions and edits. While writing, I was dumping words on the page. With a daily word count of 1,166 words per day, I was writing by the seat of my pants with just, uh, just an idea of where I was going. So, the story right now has spots that meander around, others that contradict previous parts written, and I wanted to develop Poog further. He's a little flat, and I wanted to further examine his efforts to, to shake his destructive habit of licking a white poisonous toad that he ha keeps in his pocket, and the challenges he encounters as a paladin working with thieves and cutthroats. It is true that many authors say writing the first draft is the easy part. The challenges that I am facing is the monumental task of fixing my work, trimming it down, and reworking the ending. I'll be honest, when I hit my goal of 50,000 words, I stopped writing mid-sentence. So clearly my ending needs to come tying up. I talked about staying strong in a previous episode, and clearly here is a place in time that I need to press on and continue working on my novel. For those of you who have problems pushing through that and continuing on your own project like I do, I totally can empathize, empathize with how hard it is to overcome that invisible barrier in your mind. The downside of this is that if you don't do the work of overcoming that barrier, you'll never go, you are never going to feel like writing. Don't wait for inspiration to come to you. You need to go after it and create the environment conducive for inspiration to occur. Thank you for listening to the Bipolar DM. I am your host, Jason. I post this podcast on the 1st and 15th of the month, and uh, I have special episodes on my Patreon account, the Bipolar DM, for my supporters. If you want to help support my writing and this podcast, check that out. You can connect with me on Facebook at JC Cottom, or find the links to my social media platforms on the Bipolar DM website. Again, thank you. Stay on your meds and keep those dice rolling, and don't stop putting words on those papers. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. <laughs>